Thanks for joining me this week on iHeartRadio and the Tech of Sports. Excited to be joined this week uh, with a new book out, and I'm sure a lot to uh, talk about former Major League pitcher Todd Stottlemyre, 15 years in, uh, in the big leagues, if, uh, if you've forgotten, two-time World Series champ. And just a uh, a great career with uh, with a number of teams. And Todd, you have a new book out. Thanks for uh, for coming on this week. Man, I'm honored. I'm privileged, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on, Rick. Yeah, hope uh, hope everyone in your family is safe and healthy. And we're wrapping up a year, but uh, looking forward uh, the end of December. Your new book coming out, The Observer. And uh, you, uh, even during your major league career, you started thinking about your career beyond major league baseball. You've been a big success. Uh, kind of take uh, my listeners through uh, through the uh, thoughts and uh, origin of this book. Yeah, so very good, and I appreciate it. It was, uh, you know, really the the message of the book and the timing of this wasn't really planned. If you look at twenty twenty, as you mentioned, and you know, so much uncertainty and, and so much hate, you know, that is boiling out of this uncertainty throughout the world today. And, and here my book is based on a, at a time for me. And if you go back and after 1993 World Series, where we just won our second world championship in Toronto, and uh, after living out my childhood dream and running around the grounds of Yankee Stadium with my father, where that dream was inspired and and then to live it out and to be a two-time world champion and to be in my 20s making millions of dollars. From the outside, I looked great, and it looked like I had it all. But the problem was, uh, you know, when I looked in the mirror, I didn't like the guy staring back at me because of what had happened more than a decade prior to that moment. And that was where I gave a bone marrow transplant to my little brother on his third bout with leukemia. I was the perfect match, and, and my marrow ultimately put him into a coma that took his life. And... Obviously, we had the, the traditional sadness, and it was tragic for our family, but I carried two other emotions out of that hospital room that day with me, and that was hate. I was I hated the world for my little brother being taken away from me at the age of 11. I was 15, but I also felt slightly guilty that my marrow had something to do with it. And, and then every time that I got into a situation that I couldn't control or was out of my control, the emotions of hate and guilt would come to the surface and ruin the mastery of of, the, of that moment and and uh you know i got to a place in my life where i i knew i was i kept ending up in the same place emotionally and psychologically and i was just sick and tired of being sick and tired reached out to a mentor harvey dorfman was um, basically the guru psychology and mindset coach in major league baseball and uh met with him and that day he changed my life because um, here, you know, one of the things he said to me, he says, over the next seven days, he put me on a challenge. He said, you're not allowed to react or respond to anything uh, mentally or emotionally that catches your attention. I only want you to observe it and document it. And then at the end of the seven days, what we'll do is we'll build a tool chest for you to help you that whenever you start to get a little awry with your emotions, we'll build a tool chest to keep you in peak performance. And it's really my message through the observer, through this book, that no matter where you're at, maybe you're in a place of unforgiveness. Maybe you find yourself reacting like I did in ways that you weren't so proud of. Um, whatever it is, but it's a high-performance book. It's a, it's a book about really understanding how you think and how you feel and being able to emotionally stay in peak performance so you can perform at your best. So 
I'm really proud of the work that I did with this book, and I can't wait for the world to read it. Yeah, I can't wait to read it myself, and uh, um, I'm sure uh, it's billed as a work of fiction, but I'm sure there's a lot of uh, uh, of your own uh, experiences and maybe experiences you saw with others maybe uh, weaved into the book. Well, it's pretty incredible. It was uh, I would tell you it was a big challenge for me to write it because I, I did build it under the you know, being a fiction book, but uh, a lot of the a lot of the storyline in the book that the characters go through uh, is very, very much a part of true life events that I went through. All the models and principles were models and principles that I got from my father. Uh, you know, some of my managers, Tony Larusa, Cito Gaston, yep. a lot of the Hall of Fame and championship players I played with have a front row seat to their greatness. So. You know, a lot of those tools and peak performance models that are spread out and, and intertwined in this fiction story make it relatable to the reader to be able to grab something, try something, and hopefully create a life-changing moment for them. Yeah, the book is The Observer. It's on Made for Success Publishing. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Of course, uh, available at the end of the month and for pre-order, Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, all the uh, all the big retailers and uh, definitely recommend this uh, um, uh, work from joined by Todd Stottlemyre. And Todd, uh, when you're looking at what's going on in baseball right now, the uh, uh, the salaries that have been uh, been rising uh, astronomically, um, you're. I, I've talked to other uh, other retired players. You're not bitter. You're you're, but you're a lot of you guys are amazed uh, what's going on. Um, you are, we're big on making sure players are making sure you have another, uh, career, uh, path set up after baseball. Do these players today, do they still have to do that with the money they're making? I, I would, I would say that as long as they're good stewards of their income with the amount of money that's being paid out, they should never have to worry about work yeah. or finances ever again. You know, it's funny, it's like, you know, each, each, kind of each decade or each generation, you know, I remember my generation of athletes, you know, we started making more money that's ever been made in the sport and the, and, and the progression of that and the trajectory of that, it seems like it continues to happen now generation after generation. I don't know where it stops. I think that the thing when I look at Major League Baseball that kind of breaks my heart is kind of what they're doing to minor league baseball, you know, a lot of guys that that count on minor league baseball and all the different teams and how they're doing the cutbacks. It's like, you know, people like me might not have been able to live out their dreams without, without that entity. So I kind of hate to see what's going on there. And, and then the other thing is, is analytics has always been a tool of major league baseball, but it seems to me that it's more than a spoke on the wheel. Analytics has become the wheel that, that is uh, revolving, that is running the game. So um, obviously there's always changes, but at the end of the day, it's, three outs an inning and you got to play nine innings and whoever's going to win the game is going to you know whoever scores the most runs is going to decide it so uh, i love the game i'm a big fan uh, you know obviously you know got a different uh, view of point of what's going on but at the same time you know sometimes you don't realize changes are good until long after they've been instituted so Hopefully the game is going to move in the right direction. Yeah, I hope so too, and uh, we'll we'll definitely see more changes. I'm sure afloat with Todd Stottlemyre, uh, stints with Toronto, Oakland, St. Louis, 
uh, Arizona, uh, great career, 138 uh, career wins, uh, 138 in 121 uh, uh, career record, career ERA, amazing 4.28, and over 1,500 strikeouts. Uh, Todd, a, a great career. Uh, um, you dabbled in finance and investing even uh, during your career. What's maybe the one bit of advice you'd give a, uh, a current uh, professional athlete if they're asking uh you know, about their money, what they should do, or maybe uh, a tip you have for them? Well, I would say, first of all, stay focused on their profession, you know. So, you, I mean, to be a professional athlete takes so much focus, dedication, commitment, and discipline, number one. Number two is, you know, think long-term. You know, it's like um, anything short-term or sounds too good to be true most of the time is. Uh, you know, we've all been burned by those, but uh, – Think long-term, make all your money in the sport. You're, you know, look, I always say I make a joke of it. I played 15 years. I was overpaid all 15 years. <laughs> and, you know, while you're making all of this great money, it's like you don't have to go make make huge bets or make or think about worrying about making huge amounts of money on this money that you're making. It's like, you know, be conservative in your approach. Think long-term. Set your family up. Have no regrets about it. Yeah, Todd, you, you're out there uh, definitely uh, well sought after a business coach and, uh, and, and a keynote speaker. What's maybe uh, something you learned from one of your managers or, uh, or a coach along the line that you kind of uh, preach to this day? Well, you know, I love the whole 180-degree mindset principle, which Harvey Dorfman really taught me, and that was all about thought replacement. You know, um, we have about 26,000 thoughts a day. A lot of those are negative. And what are you going to focus on? Because whatever you focus on grows. So, you know, at the end of the day, we have choices. And, you know, we can choose to be the I can't person or we can choose to be the I can person. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really been an incredible, you know, uh, model or theory or principle is, hey, every negative thought I can turn out, turn it over on its head 180 degrees and I landed in a positive territory. Now if I just focus on that positive territory and then take action towards it, I'll find out that the things that I was worried about, I, di I didn't really need to worry about. Yeah, great advice. Uh, Todd Stottlemyre from one of baseball's great families, the Stottlemyers, and uh, a lot of great advice uh, for entrepreneurs, for people in business, for athletes. Uh, 138 big league wins over 15 years, amazing. And, uh, Todd, one career save. Uh, how, did, how did you get that one career save? Do you remember that, where that uh, when that happened? Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of a funny story. In 1994, our closer went down, Dwayne Ward in Toronto. Cito Gaston came to me and he says, hey, man, he says, you know, you pitched out of the bullpen, like in the playoff World Series of 92, and he said, uh, are you okay if, you know, uh, could, you know, are you okay fitting in the role of being our closer until Ward is back? And I said, man, that's great. And I was excited because I felt like an everyday player. I went from, you know, only being able to compete once every five days to being on call every single day. And I remember when I got my first save, and it was a really quick inning. It was a couple of ground balls, maybe in a fly out. I don't even remember exactly how, but it was really quick. I must have only thrown about eight or ten pitches. <laughs> I remember going through the line, and I looked at Cito, and I said, man, this is easy. <laughs> and then the, and, and what's funny about it is it was like a few days later. We're out in California. 
it's the ninth inning. We have a you know a six seven run lead. I'm like I'm not gonna pitch in this game. And before you know it, the bases are loaded. It's the the lead is cut down to four runs. There's no one out. I'm heating up in the bullpen, coming into the game, and and end up not only blown, it just blew the game. And it was like hit after hit. And I was like, I remember going back, going to Seattle after the game. I said, Well, I take that back. This isn't easy at all. So um, it was fun, man. It was a great experience. I uh, ultimately I ended up going back into the rotation sometime yeah. afterwards, but. Uh, it was a great experience, and it, you know, just to understand and feel what those closers go through. Um, it was a, it was a, for me, it was a learning lesson and an understanding of what they go through on a daily basis. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of pressure wrapping up with Todd Stottlemyre. And Todd, I've lived in uh, Milwaukee and Atlanta. I've so, I saw you pitch at Old County Stadium uh, in in Milwaukee. I've seen you pitch at. Uh, uh, old Fulton County Stadium here in Atlanta. Um, I don't know if you've paid attention to the sports memorabilia business uh, lately, but it's booming. Uh, were you a collector of your own or other people's uh, memorabilia during your career or after your career? You know, what's so funny is, you know, growing up in New York with my father as a Yankee and him bringing all the baseball cards home all the time and, and then being out in the neighborhoods where you used to flip them against the wall and, you know, you would match up and try to win the other guy's cards and, and all those things as a kid. And baseball cards when I was growing up was huge, man. And, yeah. and then for some reason it kind of tailed off, but the boom, uh, like you said, seems to be back. And that just tells you that people are interested in, in the teams and the players and the, and the fan of the game and, and, uh, you know, I think it's pretty cool to kind of see it all kind of make its turn. But I still remember, unfortunately, taking Mickey Mantle baseball cards, putting them in the spokes of my bike with oh. the little pins uh, to make the flutter noise. I wish, I certainly wish I had all those Mantle cards to this day. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, but the, the most important card for you was the Todd Stottlemyre rookie card, I'm sure. Well, that that was uh, that was a dream come true, and something that started for me from about the time I could walk, roaming around the ground at Yankee Stadium, and so many great memories. And, and uh, but where those where that dream inspired, and where it was inspired, and you know the times where maybe I was hanging out with Bobby Mercer and his family, uh, with my father, and, and of course our family, or fishing with Thurman Munson, or standing in the outfield grass next to Mickey Mantle. And for all of that to go from a dream to a reality and to see myself on a baseball card was absolutely a dream come true. Yeah, well, a lot of dreams came true uh, for you guys, your family, Todd, and I'm going to recommend uh, The Observer uh, throughout uh, the first part of the year as, uh, uh, as a great book to read in the new year, and uh, it's on Made for Success Publishing, available on all the online uh, retailers, and Todd, I can't wish you enough uh, good luck. And uh, can't wait to, to read it myself on a trip I have early in, in January. And continued success uh, after baseball. You're doing a great job. Rick, I really appreciate it. Once again, man, I'm just, because of what you're doing and allowing me to share the message, I, I'm, uh, I'm forever grateful. So thanks for having me on your show and, and allowing me to spend some time with you today. Yeah, it's all about sharing. And thanks for sharing your stories and, uh, and all your advice. Great stuff. Thank you, sir.